God, let me say only what you have ordained me to say. And Father, when you have finished speaking, we'll close the book and take a seat. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Luke, the 24th chapter, starting with verse 1, when everyone have it, say praise the Lord. And then we're going to look at John. That's Luke, the 24th chapter, verse 1, maybe to 7. We'll see what the Spirit says. And then that's John, the 20th chapter, verse 1 through 7. Once again, that's Luke 24, starting with verse 1. Then John, the 20th chapter, verse 1 through 7. And when everyone have it, say praise the Lord. Amen. If you're physically able to stand to your feet, we ask that you would stand for the hearing and the reading of the word of God. Here we get in the reading of the word of God. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into, unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And when they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass as they were much perplexed Thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee saying, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. John, the 20th chapter, verse 1 through 7. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeing the stone taken away from the sepulcher, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher, and he stooping down, and looking in and saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. The other, then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen cloth and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. He came early. He came early. Seemingly everything that he does 
is early. It's early. And as we were just wrapping up and coming into this, we just went through Good Friday. And I often thought it used to really puzzle me and, and, and have me disturbed when I was younger. Good Friday. What could be possibly be good about someone losing their life? And as I began to study the word of God and look into the word, he said, for this cause came I into the world. This is, it's going to be a bloody thing, but I must come. Then I read in the word of God, he said, without the shedding of blood, there will be no remission or remittal or removal of sin. So for this cause came I into the world. And I was sort of like Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, if, if there be any other way, mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do This is going to be very painful. And if you got another plan, I'm okay with that plan. But just as he was getting to that, he said, but not my will. This is not about me, but your will be done. I must go. And as we, we, we looked at in the scripture, as we came up to Good Friday and all of these things that, that transpired, I had to go back to the Passover. And the children of Israel found themselves in bondage. And they was in bondage because of sin. And sin always brings about bondage. And 100 years went past and no deliverer. And another 100 and, and so on until they came to the 400th year. And God heard they cry. And he said, I, I've heard the cry of my people and I'm going to send a deliverer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to send them a deliverer. And, and, and when Moses got down there, and he's a foreshadow of Jesus, because when he got there, he wasn't what they were expecting. And, and, and he didn't look the way they wanted him to look. And he wasn't acting the way that they wanted him to act. And so the people, isn't it ironic? The people that are in bondage is the one that makes the most stink. They fought him on every hand. And oh, oh, they was wanting to be delivered, but they wanted it on their terms. And I believe that's how they ended up in bondage because they wanted it their way. And so Moses is going back to and fro with, with Pharaoh and, and, and Pharaoh is getting aggravated and perturbed with Pharaoh. And so they have a showdown of powers with the magicians and the man of God. And sometimes when, when, when we know that we have heard from God and we're just excited, and you know he never gives us the whole detail because he, if he would tell us the whole story, we wouldn't go. I know when, when, when God called me, he said, and he, he was clear, he said, and I'm going to use you. Boy, was I excited. Well, let's get this thing on the road. But I had no idea the path that we was about to take. And soon, early, 
The pathway got so small and I was whining and sniveling about this. And you know how we do. God, I'm faithful and, and I'm a tither and I'm, do, and I'm not doing anything outside the will of God. I'm a good mother. You know, just going down the check, checklist. I was sort of like the rich young ruler that came to Jesus and said, good master. What must I do to be saved? And you know the story. And he said, "Be do this." And, and every time he would name off something, that boy would kind of straighten up a little tall. And he said, I've, "I've done that." And then when he got to the very last thing, he said, "Go and sell and come follow me." He said he went away sorrowful because I want to be saved and, and I want the anointing and I want to see miracles transpire and I want all these things, but. Can I have it my way? No, you can't have it your way because you're not God. You can't have it your way because you can't resurrect yourself. And in the end, you're going to need a savior to save you from this world. Oh, no, sir. No, ma'am. You cannot have it your way. So when Moses them got on down there and, and, and Pharaoh began to do all these things and he in one minute he would say yes and by the time they would get to the court he would change his mind and he, I'm, I'm not going to let them go. Finally God said okay this is it. And he began to tell Moses tell the children of Israel to prepare themselves for delivery. Now that's a hard thing to do when you've been in bondage and it, it has become a familiar or learned behavior. Everyone that you have known generation after generations have been in slavery. That's why black people did not fare well when, when slaves was abolished because we had a slave mentality. We have been taught to be a slave. We have been taught to shuffle and not make eye contact. We have been taught how to make do. We have been taught how to be abused. We have been accustomed to negativity. So when they abolished the slavery, some decided, I'm going to stay. The very thing they had dreamed about and, and, and imagined, I'm going to be free one day. And when freedom came, they didn't know what to do with it. So God told Moses, go down and tell my people to prepare themselves. And, and, and here's what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to tell, I'm going to come through Israel. I'm going to come through Egypt tonight. And it's going to be weeping and wailing. But early in the morning, I'm going to deliver my people. Have them according to their family to get a lamb. Don't just bring me something that you don't want with his eye broke out and his leg is all broken and his and hair is missing and he was going to die anyway. I want a lamb that's without spot or blemish, And I want you to prepare it. And as you do this, don't go to bed like you normally do. Get dressed. Be prepared to come out early in the morning. Because I'm coming through here. And it's going to be weeping and wailing like Rachel. And no one will be able to comfort them. Have them to prepare themselves. And I want everyone, when you come into the house, you got to get in and stay in. Come into the house. Don't go out. Because if you go outside, when I come through, I won't be able to help you. Stay inside the house. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to put blood over the doorpost. Uh -huh. 
And when the deaf angel, and he will come. And when the deaf angel comes, he will pass by. And that's why we get passed over. He passed over them and went to the other side that was not prepared. He said, when I come and I tell you to leave, I want you to leave. Went to bed a slave. That 400 generations, all they knew was whippings and beatings and negativity and all these things and children and grandchildren and grandparents and patriarchs and matriarchs then died and went on off to sing. But they was yet believing God to be a deliverer. Sometimes when we pray and we pray and we pray, look like heaven has shut up to us. And we start praying for someone else and we get an instantaneously answer. No doubt that's probably how, how, how Abraham was when it came to him and Sarah. Can you imagine at the federal reunions and, and in the camp and everybody's got children running around and having babies and here's Sarah, the promised mother. And, and still barren. No son, no heir. And Abraham keep going back to him saying, the only somebody I have is Eleazar in my household. And God began to tell him again, but that's not the promise that I have given you. Surely if I have said it, I'm going to do it. So as they come out of Egypt, they had spoiled all of Egypt. Went to bed a slave and broke and came out a multimillionaire. A free man, a free nation. Oh, it wasn't just a couple of hundreds of people like they want to portray on TV. We're talking millions on top of millions came out of Egypt walking some two and four abreast in line coming out of bondage. No doubt looking back, kind of fearful, wondering where Pharaoh is going to jump out. Have God done something for you so awesome that you just keep looking over your shoulder? Could that be what the scriptures say? When I look back and wonder. Something you got to keep looking over your shoulder. God, is this for me? Is this really mine? And can I have this? So they came out and the Passover and, and all from the firstborn of Pharaoh to the firstborn of man to the firstborn of the cattle and the animals died. And God allowed them. Now there were some Egyptians that were smart enough to come inside. There were some Egyptians that were smart enough to know Pharaoh has gone too far and I'm leaving with the blessed people. Now everybody there was not against the Egyptian was not against Pharaoh then, was not against Moses then. Remember when the wives of the Israelite women would have babies and, and, and Pharaoh had given them an instruction? When they get, I need you to kill all the male children. Let the girls live. What was he doing? I don't want them to reproduce themselves. Do we not see that going on now where our men are not producing and drugs and alcohol and institutions are killing our men so that we cannot reproduce ourselves according to the word of God. You better put the blood over your door. And that's why we come with the term, we plead the blood of Jesus. 
We don't teach the people and we don't tell them why we do what we do. When we say we plead the blood of Jesus, that means we cover ourselves and everything about us. So when the adversary comes, he passes over us. So we had the Passover, then Good Friday. Can you imagine Mary as she watched her son? Wondering where are the disciples? Off in hiding. And they whipped him all night. All night. Beat him. People spitting on them. We can't hardly stand for anyone to say something cross to us. Let them talk and spit on us. I would like to believe I would be able to... But I know me. God, can you hold it a minute? But you got to know your assignment. And when God calls us out to do things, other people are not always going to understand why you do what you do. And why do you let them do this to you? I'm not letting them do anything. I'm fully aware of what they're doing. But for this cause came I into the world. This is my assignment. This is my mental. This is what I'm called to do. Oh, do I want to give them a piece of my little mind? Yes, I do. But I can't afford to give them a piece of my little mind. Do I want to say something? Do I want to retaliate? Oh, yes, I do. But I, I'm on an assignment. And anything that I do and say is going to misrepresent God. Because I'm saying that I'm a Christian. And anything that I do, I'm going to say, and my life is saying, this is how Jesus acts. So I don't get to curse you out. I don't get to hit you in top of your head and do these things. Well, I might threaten you, but I, I, I don't get to do that. Because that's not what Jesus did. He said, with love and kindness have I drawn thee. With love and Everybody in here is, is guilty of something. We're guilty of something. The only difference, we don't know what everybody did. And thanks be to God, he don't tell everyone what we did. And as they're going up to Calvary's hill with the cross, and we think it's one of those little light things. This thing weighed over 200 pounds or more with spikes that's nailed through his hand in a cross and his feet on top of each other. Oh, he was not hanging there with a loincloth around him. He was naked on a hill where everybody, either way you were coming into the city or going out, was able to see. It was public humiliation in the worst form. But he stayed on the cross. When Pilate was questioning him and he was asking him, to, the word said he, he didn't say anything. He held his peace. And Pilate said, do you not hear? I have the power to let you go. He said, you have no power except that what I give you. I have the power. You don't have any power. This power is about what I'm about to do. They took him up to Calvary's hill 
and crucified him. For you and for me. And here begins the word. It's saying up on the first day of the week, early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher bringing spices because they couldn't do it because from sun up to sundown, the Jews couldn't do anything. So Joseph of Arimathea went to Pilate and begged for the body and with, with the in, in, instructions of later on, they was going to go and clean his body and prepare him for a proper burial because at the end of that, they couldn't do anything. So when they got there, expecting to clean the body and they found the stone rolled away. Mary was, they were, they were concerned about that because it was, listen, the, the, this grave that, that it was, it was a mountain or some big rock and they hewed, they, they carved it out and they would have a place inside this big rock and it was like a slab where they would lay the people that have passed on top of that rock after the, after the burial purification and all that. And then they would take this big stone, a boulder, and roll it and they would dig a trench like a little place in, in front of that. So when they would roll that stone there, it was there for good and it was sealed. But the Pharisees had spread it a lie. Church folk are good for that, you know. So they said, if, if he gets up, all of Israel will go after them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand watch. We're going to go and ask Pilate, can we stand watch? Because the, the, the Jews was afraid that, that some of the disciples was going to come back and take Jesus' body. And they said the, the end is going to be worse than the beginning. So we got to do something. So they let them put the, the, the little guards there and what have you. But as the women got there, they was afraid. They was thinking to themselves, how will we roll this stone away? How are we going? Oh, I need to get in there, but I, I need to figure out. But when they got there, the stone was rolled away. And they entered in. And they didn't find the body. Can you imagine? You can't even phantom going to one of your loved ones and the, the funeral director said, we don't know where the body is. That's something you are not trying to hear and they're not trying to see you when they tell you that. He said, and it came to pass when they were perplexed about, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And they was afraid. And the question to them, they was asking, say, why seek you the living among the dead? Why did you come back to the cemetery if you are looking for someone that's alive? Why are you here? There's nothing but dead people here. So why are you here looking for someone that you are saying that's alive? Say, he's not here, but he's risen. Say, he told you this when he was yet in Galilee. Say, he told you all this. In another passage, in, in, in John, it say, and, and it, it says, on the first day of the week, cometh Mary Magdalene, when it was yet dark. There's no men coming with her. I'm not going there. 
and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, which is John. And they and told them, and they went. And John, uh, Peter was just going. And he stopped and peeked in, but John ran on past him. Went inside. And stooping down, he looked and saw the linen clothes lying yet. What he saw was when he resurrected his body, the clothes just dropped off in a heap. They was just in a heap lying there. But as he went to the front, he, the napkin, and they would place a napkin over their face. It was taken off, and it was folded up, and it was placed at the head of the sepulcher. Now, any Jew knows what that means. Remember on the cross when he said, it is finished? He wasn't talking, this is about to be over with. I'm, I'm, he's talking, I have accomplished everything that I said I was going to do. And then he said, and I got all power. So what he was saying, this portion is finished. And as they begin, in another passage, they begin to see him. He said, do not touch me because I am not arised yet. But I, I came back so that you will see me and know I did exactly what I said I was going to do. So when that, those Jewish people saw that napkin folded up, they knew this is not over with. This is not over with. I'm coming back. This is just a portion of this. It's the same thing when you are at a good restaurant and when you are finished eating, you put your napkin in the center of your plate. So when the waiter comes by and sees your napkin, they will start clearing your table because they know that you are finished eating. But if you have laid that napkin in the front of that plate or on the right of it, that means I'm not finished. I might be having something else. I'll be having something else. They found it not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. And they went and told the other disciples. As they was hiding out, or and, and good reason, and we like to say they was hiding out and all this, that, and other, but this was a tumultuous time. They, they was threatening to kill them as well as Jesus. And what they was trying to do, the, 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 the world was trying to do is erase any memory of Jesus. To erase anything that he had did or said. And since we have already got him, let's go after the disciples. Because disciples means followers of Christ that are disciplined. So if we could get to them. But the pastor said earlier, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. They lifted him up. They lifted him up, and 2,000 years later, we're still talking about that walk up to Calvary's Hill. 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the resurrection power. When he stepped out of that, he said, I got all power in heaven and in earth. They knew when they saw him, and then when he showed up in that, he just stepped into the room and said, peace. And on down there, before he got to them, there were two men on the way on Emmaus Road. And he just appeared to them, and he began to talk to them. And he said, where are y'all going? And they looked at him and said, where are you coming from? That 
Haven't you heard all the commotion and everything? They have crucified the Savior. And he just communed and talked with them. And he was asking them this, that, and other. And they was looking at him like, where have you been? What's wrong with you? Don't you know what's going on? And as they neared the house, he acted like he was going to go on about his way. And they constrained him. Say, come go in. It's not safe for you to be out here by yourself. And he went in and they began to offer him some bread and, and some food. And as he began to take the bread and, and, and break it and bless it, the eyes became open. And just at that time, he disappeared. And they looked at each other and said, we got to go back into the city. We got to tell them that he has arrived. We... Two men just walking along and within seconds you become an evangelist of the gospel. Said, did not our heart burn as he began to talk to us? So we got to go. And they ran into the city and began to tell them that the Savior had risen. Just like he said he had. When you know that you know, I don't care what nobody else say in a denomination, when I know that what I know, it doesn't matter to me what you say. You can tell me all day long that my name is not Chris. At the end of the day, I'm going to know that's my name. And they begin to tell them that he has aroused. He has arose exactly like he said he was. And Thomas was in there. He wasn't there the first go round, and they was there. And you know, Thomas came and he said, uh, and they was telling him, and they was all excited. Have you ever been excited about something God done deposited into you, and you're telling people, and they just like, they just throw a cup of water on you? No doubt that's what was happening with Thomas, and you just about to have a, a, a Holy Ghost conniption, and you just trying to express it and, and convey it, and you saying, God, help me to get it out the way you gave it to me. I'm just not doing this justice. I don't know how to say it, but God, if you would just take what I'm going to say in the natural and put some super to it, it's going to be supernatural, and they'll get it. And they begin to tell Thomas all about it, and he said, unless he, I see it myself. And I can stick my hand in inside and feel what they put. I'm not going to believe this. Because so much stuff is going on. And, and let's not beat up on Thomas because he had heard all the things. And it was just not falling into place how he had perceived the way it was going to be. And sure enough, here he appears one day. And the first thing Thomas said, my God, <laughs> my God. He said, come on, Thomas, here. Let, let me. Now, he wasn't there. He said, come on and put your hand here. Come on here and handle me, Thomas. Handle me. My God. Can you imagine handling God to touch him, to literally touch him, to handle him? And he allowed them to handle him. He said, come on, Thomas. We can do, I'm, a, I'm going to allow you. Stick your hand here. <laughs> and when he had did this and he had fallen on his face, he said, blessed are those that have not seen me or handled me. Here's this blessing again. Just because you believe. Just because you believe. 
resurrection. And, and, and we get caught up in, in, in trying to strain the net. And it's not about Easter eggs and, and, and the bunny and, and all of this. But it is to a certain degree. Because on Easter, you get a new outfit. You want something new. Resurrection is something new. They never had that before. And when he dropped off those gray clothes, he came back in his resurrection clothes. Happy Easter to you. Happy Easter to you. And the same thing they holler about Christmas. Well, it's not your birthday. But you want a gift. You want a present. And we got nerve enough to not want a cheap present. And it's not your birthday. You know the little song we sang, Santa's coming to town, and he's checking his list, and he's checking it twice, and he knows whether you've been good or bad. Well, we haven't been good, but he gave us the gift of life. Anyhow, he didn't have to check the list. He knew we was not good. We was a rat, unfit, and undone. And had it not been for Resurrection Sunday, we was wretched and undone. Didn't deserve it. And I thank God I didn't get what I deserved. But because of resurrection, the Holy Ghost resurrected. If that same power be in you, he will quicken you, make you alive. Only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. And we got people still saying, I don't believe. It's okay. Those of us that know what happened. And before it's all said and done, you will believe. Be it here or in hell, you will. By the time you get to hell and figure out that we were correct, it'll be too late. Resurrection Sunday. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll do this later. Tomorrow is not promised to you. You better choose him now. Choose him now. The day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. We need him. In times like these, we need a savior. Resurrection. There's nothing but a living God can raise you out of the detradition that, that we were in. There's nothing but a living God that could change our mind and our thought press with some of the things that we have gone through and had happened to us. Nothing but a living God could do that. Change your whole nature and your attitude. And so change us so much until people don't recognize us. That's why they always said, I remember when. When you used to do that. I'm glad you remember that because I don't know that girl anymore. She don't live here anymore. And you need to put her to rest once and for all. Put him to rest. Kill him. Because the Savior is risen. The Savior is risen. Stop looking for the Savior in the cemetery. Stop looking for living things in dead places. Even the Savior had the mindset to take off the grave clothes. When he called Lazarus, he said, loose him and let him go. Take off that stuff. You take it off. You loose him and let him go. 
We want to keep people bound up because that makes us feel good about ourselves and make people subservient to us. Lose them and let them go. It's Resurrection Sunday. You don't have to leave out of here the same way you came in. You don't have to leave out of here bound, confused and mixed up. The Savior has risen. The Savior of the world has risen. The Savior of the world has risen. Let us pray. Father, how we thank you. How we bless you. We bless your holy name. Father, we thank you. Because truly you have all power. And Father, we thank you that you have given us that same power. Father, as we look into ourselves, we can only see so far, but you have the whole picture. Father, if you find anything in us that shouldn't be there, we ask that you would create in us a clean heart. Take it out and strengthen us. Don't leave us the same way you found us. Father, maybe someone is far away from you and have a desire to be saved. Father, we ask that you would resurrect their heart. Do what only you can do. Saying you still are defeated for you still a loser. The blood of the living Savior stands against you. Father, once again, we ask that you would bless these your people. In Jesus' name, amen. I heard an old, old story How the Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me I heard about his groaning all his precious blood atoning but then I repented of my sin Won the victory, oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me, oh, he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ever I knew him. Oh, and all my love is due him. Uh, he plunged me to victory beneath a cleansing flood. I heard about his healing, all his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again oh he caused the blind to see and then I cried dear Jesus come and heal my broken spirit well somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory oh My Savior forever, oh, he sought me, 
and he bowed me with his redeeming blood. Oh, he loved me ever I knew him. Oh, and all my love is due him. Uh, he plunged me tall victory beneath the cleansing flood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Oh, early in the morning. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Just like he said. He, they saw him out there on the cross. They saw, they saw that he was uh, hung and, and pierced and everything that was done. But oh, God, that third day morning, early in the morning. Yes, sir. Hey, praise God. They went and the grave was open. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. The stone was rolled away. Yes, sir. Oh, glory to God. Is the, they made that sepulcher where you couldn't just enter any kind of way. All right. Amen. Amen. Put a big rock at it. And seal it real good. Yes, Amen. No way those little ladies were going to be able to get in there in the first place. Right. But God said, I got this. Amen. Listen, y'all still wrestling with all those things in your life that's too big for you? God said, I got it. If you just let, let, I don't care about a rock being laid in front of you. Amen. If, if you get out of the way, I'll move it. Yeah, you all in the way. He can't. He can't swing because he'll hit you. My goodness, Amen. And we, I mean, hey, it's a life thing for God. You've been trying to get rid of those habits and all that stuff, swinging in the air. God said, if you just hand it over here, if you just give it to me, if you just make up in your mind. God, the God that I serve is greater than anything that I'm yeah. dealing with. Yeah. And he has already dealt with everything that you got. Uh-huh. He waiting on you to hand it over. Yes. Praise God. Early in the morning, Uh-oh. he can take it away from you. Yes, Praise God. He said, <laughs> oh, that's a good message. Yeah. Amen. Let you know early. Uh, God, he's been waking some of y'all up early. Yeah. But you're, hey, hey, come on here. Yeah. Amen. That's a start to get to where you need to be. If you would dare to begin to pray early when he wake you up, you're going to find that a whole lot of things are going to be much easier for you. And if you're here today and you haven't been getting up, today's a good day to rise. Hey! Hey, God! Hallelujah! Today is a good day to get up. Amen. Hi. Resurrection day. Amen. Oh my God. It's time to get up now. Amen. He'll get you if you dare get up. Wherever you need today. God's got it. Amen. Praise God. He'll, he'll, he'll resurrect you. Praise God. He'll, he'll resurrect you today. He'll take away those things that have been hindering you. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. I thank God. And if you're here today. And you need that Savior we've been talking about. Hallelujah. If you're here today, and, you, and if you need some healing in your body, he is a healer. His name is healing. His name is great. His name is whatever you need. Praise God. 
You get your little soup can and you look in there and say, start looking at the ingredients in there. Every time you mention something, yeah, onion, yes, yeah, in there. You know, this, that, it's in there. In the name of Jesus, everything, healing is in there. Salvation is in there. My God, hallelujah. He's already resurrected the old thing. Glory to God. And if you're here, you need some resurrection power. My God, he's here today. Praise God, he's here. Praise God, he's here. Oh, glory to he's here. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord.